And I think a great definition of prayer is simply any time we become more aware of God than we are of the problem. And that's why we pray. It's a good thing to do. I think that's why the Bible says, don't be anxious for anything. But when you pray, the peace of God guards your hearts and minds. What, what that actually is, is his presence comes upon you as you pray and the problems seem to diminish in his presence. Come on, what's the word say? The hills, the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. You read that verse out of Psalms? Cool. It's so good to see you. So good to see you. Cassandra smiling on the front row like that. Ed, with a mask on, you look happy. I love it. I love it. We're doing a lot of communicating with our eyes, aren't we? But I do appreciate this. The, the reason we can gather is because we're following the, that COVID plan. And if we don't, we won't be able to gather. It's that simple. So can I encourage you, we wear masks for others. You might have a medical exemption or some other reason. That's cool. But we actually wear masks simply to prefer others. And you know what? To tell you the truth, here's an opinion. For those who think there might be nothing in it. Even if there was nothing in it, is it a big ask for someone else? Okay, moving right along. <laughs> Men's breakfast. Men's breakfast. Men and young guys breakfast. The theme is the boys are back in town and they have bacon. Okay, and can I encourage you, hey, if you have a big boys kind of toy, Bring it on the day. I'm going to have my car parked out there. So there should be classic cars, motorbikes, chainsaws, kayaks. I don't care what you've got. But if you love it, why don't you bring it and just throw it down somewhere and display it. All care taken, no responsibility accepted. <laughs> and then, of course, we're going to uh, probably be under the portico, have the Barbies going, just going to have a great Barbie breakfast, hang out with mates. Uh, and then hear a great word from Shane Willard. We're going to keep the day tight and short. It's not a very complicated day. Be there. You're going to love it. Cool. Okay. Can anyone remember what I preached last week? Okay, moving right along. <laughs> we looked at the connection between ligaments, the word, and religion. That ligaments hold our body together and that the, Greek, that, that the Latin word for religion is actually religare, the same word, root word that we get ligament from, we get the word religion. In other words, that which holds things together. But religion says to rebind. So legare, ligament, simply means to bind. Religare means to rebind. And we talked about the need to get some structure back in our life after such an unstructured Season. Can you remember that? I'm so glad it affected so many of you. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Honestly, I mean, I'm just happy to have a cup of coffee and talk, but, but I'm going to preach just for a few minutes. Okay, so I better get into it. You know, uh, uh, the term business as usual probably just isn't a term at the moment, is it? Business as usual. Nothing has actually been usual for some time. And, uh, and I guess I want to talk about a little bit today, you know, about a new season and a new day. Because I, I, I think we have to recognise we're in one. Uh, 
And I've said that for a little while, but I, I had a revelation last week that I actually didn't believe it, even though I was saying, well, it's different, uh, there's a new normal, uh, it, we don't be looking at just going back to the same old, same old, that ain't coming back. I've been saying it, but in my heart of hearts, I haven't been believing it. I don't think I wanted to believe it. You know what I mean? It was like, just give me what's comfortable and familiar. That's what I want to get back to. But I actually think we have to realise it's gone. It's gone. That there is a new day. And we do actually need to embrace whatever that is. Otherwise, we'll miss the next season lamenting over the last one. You know, when we talk about the good old days, the funny thing is, for some of us now, we're thinking that was 2019. But in 2019, we weren't thinking that. We were living our best days and we didn't even realise it. So what a tragedy if we went on from this point in time and actually missed the next thing, the next season, the new day that sort of is dawning on us whether we want or not. And, and I want to look at a story in scripture that is a little bit unusual. It's got an unusual situation in it. Uh, some of us will be quite familiar with this passage and I just want to have a bit of a look at it when it comes to embracing new things, embracing a new day. I, this is one of the things I love about scripture. It is ancient and totally relevant because it's inspired, it speaks to our hearts in the now. And so I have a story out of Acts chapter 10 I want to share with us. I'm going to read a fair bit of scripture. I'm going to paraphrase a bit and summarise a bit just so we can get through it. But Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 9, about noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, listen to this, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And this happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Now obviously this story is centering around uh, Jewish dietary laws. Peter is a good Jewish boy. Well I'm not really sure how good he was. We know he was a swearing fisherman. Hey come on. He, he actually swore when he said and denied Christ. But he's a good Jewish boy and Jewish dietary laws were very prominent in their worship of God. You must be separate. You must keep away from this stuff. This isn't God's plan for you, very much so. And so this is totally confronting to Peter. He has this, this vision. He has this th thing he sees in a trance and it's an encouraging him to go to a totally different upper, uh, uh, direction and to embrace something that he had never been willing to embrace before, even out of his devotion to God. Verses 19 through 21, this is repeated several times. And then while Peter's still thinking about the vision, 
The Spirit said to him, God's Holy Spirit speaks to his heart, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them for I've sent them. And Peter went down and said to the man, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? Now, verses 22 to 23 is like an explanation. These are guys that have been sent by a Roman centurion, okay? The occupying force. If this was 1943, it would be the Nazis are at the door. These are the people who've been sent by the centurion to summon Peter, and they explain that the centurion had an angel appear to him and say, send for Simon Peter and literally gave him the street address where they'd find him. So this is this unusual situation, highly charged, highly supernatural without a doubt. But for Peter to go and and, and go to a Gentile's house, someone outside of the covenant of Israel, was as as diabolical to him as eating non-kosher food. And then verse 34, the penny drops for him. And it says, Then Peter began to speak. I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism. In other words, the penny's dropping. The vision I had was not about food. It was about people. And so he goes with them and to summarise, he preaches to them. They say, what's the message you've got? The angel said you had a message. What's the message? So Peter preaches Christ to them. And it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, in other words, the other Jews that were with him, who had come with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. Fancy that. God loves non-church people too. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptised with water. They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And what happened in this passage, what we see, this is the book of Acts. This is after the ministry of Christ and the expansion of the church. We see the door opening to the Gentiles. What had been, you know, by and large, a Jewish church, even though Jesus' ministry had reached well beyond that, the church had pretty well closed doors within their Jewish faith. And what we see here is the door being thrown wide to whosoever would to all the people of the world in other words this was a whole new day for people and for God this broke down religious walls people who had never had any connection with God began to experience his goodness and his power God was moving in a whole new way and Peter could have missed it if he didn't get into an entirely different space in his thinking, in his mind. It's interesting in the Bible how many, if you track it through, how many significant changes in the story happen when people are literally in an altered state. And I tell you why. 
Because if you're not, you won't embrace something new. If you won't, you stick with what you know. If you don't get pushed out of your comfort zone, you will stay in the rut till you die. It is human nature. So this story is a fantastic story. And I think it's, uh, it's really relevant for us. So I want to speak to us today about being New Day people. How do you be a New Day person? Let's take a leaf out of Peter's book. Because I tell you what, you might not be in a trance, but I reckon everything that's happened is so disorientating, so disruptive, that we are in a different space in our, in our minds. Come on, who's thinking exactly the way they did in 2019? I don't think anyone is, unless you've been hiding under a rock. We all know it's affected us. So what an opportunity for God to move us in a new way and get us to embrace new things that we've never even comprehended. New opportunities, new moments in time, new ways of bringing the gospel to the world. Come on, are you excited about that? Behind your mask, grin at me. Nod your head. Wag, wag your chin mask around or do something. Let me know you're with me. So verse 10. Here's some observations. He fell into a trance. Um, this, is a, this is an interesting Greek word, ecstasis. We get the English word ecstasy from it. It's, it's saying he literally, I don't know why they didn't translate it that. He fell into a trance. I guess it has a different sort of a connotation, but he, he fell literally into ecstasy, which literally means to be in an altered state. And that's... That's what was happening that enabled him to embrace and see something totally new. Ecstasis, the Thayer's Greek dictionary says it's a displacement of the mind. That is bewilderment. Strong's Concordance puts it this way, a throwing of the mind out of its normal state. It's a compound word. Ek, we, the word ek means out of. And we're probably a little bit, some of us might be familiar with that. It's the beginning of the word for church. In Greek, ecclesia, it's translated that way, even though ecclesia was just a political meeting in the Greek system. Ek, out. And then church literally means called. So the church are people who've been called out. Here, ekstasis, ek is out of, and stasis was a word that they use literally for your state of mind or your state of opinion or your standing and it was a political term. It literally meant this is where I stand politically. So what Peter had was an out of his normal standing experience. I would normally believe this. I would normally think this. This is where my ideas are anchored. But in this moment of time, all of a sudden, I'm standing outside of myself, is literally what it means, to stand beside oneself. And I've moved from the regular into another space, and I'm like looking at myself. Have we, I, this is probably where the origin of our English word, beside yourself, comes from. Come on, have you ever used that? Beside myself with fear, beside myself with joy, beside myself with anger. They're beside themselves. That was its first usage about 1300 AD. To be beside yourself is just to be incredibly angry. But we've applied it to so many different things now. But we just understand to be beside yourself is to be in another state altogether. And I think, you know, I think a lot of us, are, we might not realise it, we're beside ourselves <laughs> at the moment. 
Who's felt like you're looking at your life a little bit like a spectator at some, some points in this journey? It's a little bit like, <laughs> my life is over there, but I seem to be over here. I'm tr- trying to work my way back into it. And what I want to suggest is whenever you find yourself in that place, if you add God into that equation, it's an opportunity for him to show you something brand new. It's an opportunity for him to take you somewhere you've never been before. And so new day, here's some thoughts, some observations of New Day people. You ready for it? I'm going to shoot these out, make some applications and ask us some questions. You got the thought? Okay. Here's some thought, observations about New Day people. New Day people jump the groove. You ready to jump the groove? What do I mean by that? Well, i tell you what. Who's noticed that vinyl records are back in? And they have been for quite a while, but for any of us who grew up with only vinyl records, hey Tim, yep. before cassettes even, who would want them? They scratch. They get stuck in the groove. And you've got to try and get the thing to keep going. Come on! Who's bought one from a second-hand shop and been ripped off? It had a scratch on track number three, which was your favourite. That's what I'm talking about. Again, we can be creatures of comfort. We want it. Oh, look, you've got the twins there, you guys. Oh, wow, I don't think I've seen you since you've had the twins. That is so awesome. Sorry, Aaron and Crystal, just there, just beautiful, beautiful. Where on earth was I? I mean, that's gorgeous. That, I miss this, I miss this. Um, in the groove, you know, comfort. We love to stick in the rut. It's what we know, it's what we're comfortable with. And I'm just convinced God wants to blow us out of that. It's the known, and we think the known is safe, but it isn't always. And New Day people jump the groove. New Day people have low tolerance for ruts. How are you feeling about ruts? Because <laughs> it's hard when someone else is controlling, you know, the narrative, and you can feel stuck in a rut. But I tell you what, Peter was actually stuck in the biggest rut probably that had ever existed in the kingdom of God in a dietary system and 600 plus laws of how to please God or not. And he's stuck in the rut and God was determined to break him out of it for him to see something new. And he can do that for us today. Come on, are you a new day person? You're looking for a new day, new day, not the old day, a new day. What is this next season gonna be? What's gonna bring? What am I gonna bring to it? Who am I gonna be in it? What's God gonna do through me in it? Or we could go on feeling sorry for ourselves. (laughs) No, thanks. New Day people embrace fresh concepts. Obviously, that's what this whole story's about. Come on, you know you need to. I'm looking for a couple I can pick on. Come on, Tammy, give Doug a nudge in the ribs. And, yeah, yeah. You know you need to. Embrace new concepts. You've got to embrace, for us older folk, a certain amount of technology. Some of us older ones would remember going, I'm not going to pick that up. I'm not going to. Now you've got a smartphone. (laughs) You had to, to keep moving. Kids leaving school have to get used to the concept that now they have to work. And one day, praise Jesus, they'll realise they should be paying rent. (laughs) Should be paying board. (laughs) No, my my kids all did. They're all good. So we actually have to embrace fresh concepts. The funny thing is, He didn't initially, did he? 
He did what we often do as, as, as believers. If you're a believer here, and if you're not, that's cool. You're very, very welcome. You're in a great place to be. But as believers, we love to over-spiritualise. Love to over-spiritualise. It's like, honestly, I can remember when people were saying nasty things about us as a church because it was painted black, it had coloured lights and a fogging machine. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Could you move on to something new? Is it okay to embrace something new? The church embraced that technology in 600 AD when it became the first thing on the planet to produce stained glass. Why? Because stained glass windows in an old cathedral in the middle of the village, when all the fire and smoke from the village fires went through the open doors of the cathedral and the light came in, and the only difference is, is we can control it with a switch, which is really convenient. And I'm determined to move with the times. But I'm sure in 600 AD, someone said that stained glass was ungodly. <laughs> Come on, are we ready? New day people. Uh, what about the good one? I prayed about it. Oh, you pray about all kinds of things. Don't we? We can rationalise anything. Peter, I have never... What, the swearing fisherman? You've never? <laughs> oh, come on. We need to get real, don't we? New day people embrace new things. They don't avoid or rationalise change. They surf the wave. Because once Peter got over his initial shock, once he started to get obedient and go, you know what? I perceive God is not, uh, you know, he doesn't favour one person over the other. Once Peter got up on the wave and he began to surf, guess what? The church doors threw open to the Gentiles and the church is mainly Gentile, has been for a couple of thousand years now. At that transition point of I will embrace the change, I will surf the wave that change is bringing. Come on, what are you doing right now in this moment with what change is bringing? Are you fighting it, resisting it, or are you surfing the opportunities within it? And then finally, New Day people see opportunity in the upheaval. <laughs> because this was disruptive for Peter, I guarantee it. And I love the way he said, I now realise. It's like, hang on a sec, I had to get in a trance... <laughs> I had to get in an altered state. I had to have an ecstatic moment. I had to be beside myself, but it made me realise there's opportunity in this. God does not favour people. This is open for everyone. Jesus is open for business, for the whole world. He'd been saying it all along, but finally the penny dropped. I wonder what pennies are going to drop for us. The fact is, great vision is usually the result of need. Whenever someone gets a fresh idea, a fresh concept, a fresh vision and begins moving towards it, it's always because they saw a preferred tomorrow. They saw a different way of doing it. They saw how things should change and they didn't resist that. They went with it. Amen. <laughs> Comes out of need, hey. I must admit, I've been thinking, if this was to drag out again, honestly, I was thinking of having tree meetings 
of just saying, we're going to go up the trees up the back and just meet under the trees. And if it's raining, we won't. <laughs> Unless you're really committed, then you can. But it's just bring something creative out of need. New Day people think that way. That's what Peter did. Okay, you've got to understand, he was locked in the rut, locked in the groove like a cracked record. We don't eat this, we don't eat this, we don't eat this, we don't associate them, don't associate with them, don't associate with them. And then God went, oh, this is for the whole world, the whole world, the whole world, the whole world. And we're sitting in this building today because he embraced it. So how about you? You know, people have lost jobs. And that's a terrible thing and I'm not in any way trying to downplay this but I do know this, I also know people who went into business after losing their jobs and would look back and think that was maybe the best thing that ever happened to me was when I lost that. And I grieved it and then I found something new and that has become my biggest opportunity. What are we going to do in this moment? What about pressure in your marriage? It's put tremendous pressure on marriages. I've seen, I have seen it firsthand. The pressure, this thing has put on marriage. But can I say, could you turn it into an opportunity to go, you know what? Because here's the thing, COVID has not created any issues in marriage. I'm convinced of it. It hasn't created one issue. What it's done is reveal the cracks that were there. It just put pressure on it until the cracks widened up. And therefore it becomes an opportunity for us to actually identify what needs to change, how better we need to communicate, maybe that we do need to get help and reach out and start to adjust things before we come a cropper. What an opportunity to get real in our marriages. What have you done with the money, honey? What have you done? You know, for some it's been a hardship season, for others... It's been a, a boom. But, you know, if, if it has actually worked well for you, what did you do with that opportunity? Squander it on Netflix subscriptions or reach out with help and power? And, you know, what are we doing with the disruption, with the moment, with the big shake-up? How is it changing the way that we position ourselves? even with our finances. What about time? Come on, like for some, I know, I know for many of us, we're, we're working harder to produce less result. That's what it feels like. But for many, that's not the case. For many, this has been the actual circuit breaker from the late teenies of absolute total over-engagement. And it's been an opportunity to go, whoa, I can rethink what I do with my time. Can we see there's, there is actually opportunity in this if we could just get beside ourselves, get out of our rut type thinking instead of maybe just being so upset with the world, actually push into God and say, Lord, right in this disruption in history, what are you saying to me about my purpose and my impact and what you could do through me in my world? What an opportunity. As I said, everywhere in Scripture, whenever someone had a life-altering brain experience, God used it to reveal the next step or a new pathway, a fresh direction. 
And I'm believing for us, church, that that's exactly what God can do. I believe if we can embrace it in faith, I'm not saying I'm happy with everything that's happening. I'm no happier than the rest of you with everything that's happening. What I'm saying is we find ourselves in this moment in time and people of faith don't shrink back, don't cringe, don't get fearful about it. They actually look for the opportunity and see what God is doing. There should be a bigger amen to that. Did I lose you guys back a point or so ago? Because I found this season, it's been very easy to offend anyone. I might have offended you right at the start. Come on, that might have just revealed a rut in your thinking. What can God do in and through you in this season? Let me ask us some questions. First one's simple. Am I stuck in an unhelpful groove? Just think about it. Where's my life at? My thinking at? My devotion to Christ? The way that I think about Jesus? The way I live and move in this world? The way I witness to Him in the marketplace? Am I just stuck in a groove? And can God use this moment in time to give me a fresh picture of just who I should be in Him? What does jumping the groove look like for me? Similar question, but what does that look like? Come on, before we leave this place, just think of one thing that you could jump the groove in. If you're sitting here going, yep, nah, I am not in any grooves, I'm telling you, you are Peter pre-trance. <laughs> you should at least be thinking, I'd like to find something I could jump the groove in. But if you're sitting there going, don't you talk to me like that, you preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. You're in the groove and the groove has become a rut and a rut is just a grave with the ends kicked out, friend. Third question, what new concept do I need to embrace to go forward? What's something that's new and fresh that I need to embrace? And that could be a visionary thing. That could be as simple as I'm going to talk to my wife about some of our tensions. And instead of just getting mad and trying to get my way, I'm going to say, you know what? I agree. I think we should talk to someone. I agree. I think we should work on this. I agree. I think we should start eating a meal together at least once a week and talk about our lives. I don't know what it is, but it's there for each one of us. What new concept, sorry, that's the last one. And last one, what fresh opportunities created by the upheaval do I need to embrace? There is opportunity before us. It can be really hard to see when you're discouraged. It can be really hard to see when you're resentful. It can be really hard to see when you are disorientated. And I think all of us are feeling certain flavours of those things. It can be hard to see, but friends, it's there. It's there. When Peter went up on that rooftop to pray, he had nothing in his mind except I'm going to spend some time with Jesus and then I'm going to eat. And he came down from the rooftop with a brand new mission. The opportunity is there. So God can use these circumstances to get our intention to usher in a new day. And the question becomes, are we listening? You know, are we embracing? Are we ready to move forward? the way the Spirit wants to lead us. Can I, can I pray for us today? Come on, does that gelled in anyone's heart today? 
give me some smile. Thanks, Sandy. Some smiles through the masks, some nods, some knowing nods. Why don't we pray? Father, we thank you. Thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you for this moment in time. And I just simply pray that we could focus in on you and look for the opportunities you're creating. Truly be new day people. It's a new day and our world needs people who understand that, who find the opportunity within it, who reflect you in fresh ways to a lost and hurting world. Help us be that, Father. You might be right here with us today in the room or online. Maybe you've never connected your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe the new thing for you, the new opportunity for you is you need to start life afresh. Jesus is able to give you a fresh start. So if you're, you're here today, I want to encourage you, reach out to Jesus Christ. He loves you. He wants to bring you into a new day. And that begins, that begins when you open your heart to God and choose to follow Jesus, knowing your sins are forgiven, that God wants to open a fresh page in the book for you to write a whole new story. And in your heart of hearts today, you can just do that. Open your heart right where you are. Jesus, I need you. I open my life to you. Whatever that means, I want to follow you. God answers prayers like that, friend. If that's, your, if that's your new thing, then I encourage you to do it. Amen.